welcome back to the Just Interesting People podcast. We are joined by Jeremy. Um, so there's going to be two Jeremys in this episode. We'll try not to make it too confusing. But thank you so much for being here. We really hope you enjoyed this episode and we hope you learn lots about Coach Jeremy with me and Jeremy, my Jeremy. So anyway, I'm going to pass over to my Jeremy to introduce Coach Jeremy for this episode. That is confusing. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> I'm so excited about this one. I've been wanting to interview you since the beginning. You're like one of the first names on the list, but I wanted to keep it for when we are good at it. <laughs> um, you're one of the person that inspired me to start the podcast. Because like before knowing you and before knowing Jason as well from Mind Valley, like I didn't know anyone who's got a podcast. So podcast was just like something I was listening to on my phone. It was like a far away thing, like, you know, TV or whatever. And it sounded like hard to do. I don't know, you know, some story we just tell ourselves. And seeing you and, and Jason like doing that, it's like, right, if they're doing it, you know, it's, I can relate. And, and that kind of inspired the thing. So thank you for that. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. I'm so glad you got it started. And uh, yeah, I mean, you, you are fucking super interesting for sure. Uh, I'm glad to be I, on the Interesting People <laughs> podcast. I, well, I'm I, at the right place. You are. I. I, I want. I, I wanted to interview you because, like, we, you keep giving little things about your life, uh, but you always like pinpoint the same things, and I want to know everything in the middle because okay. I think your story is fascinating. Like you, you are like a real inspiration for a lot of people. Uh, what you're doing is amazing. And, and, and your story is amazing. Like you keep saying every time, like the kid coming from California, uh, 24 years old, get fired, girlfriend is cheating, moving to Miami, right. living in a car for five days, and six years later, penthouse in Miami Beach. Okay, we know that. <laughs> we, we're gonna, you want to fill in some of the fill middle. It, yeah, fill the gaps now. <laughs> right now. Basically. Just tell us like, a Oof. little bit for us like, where you come from. So what's, for what sure. was life in, in California? Yeah, so so grew up in the Bay Area, like 20 minutes south of San Francisco in a city called San Mateo. Uh, and just pretty much navigated most of my life just like most people do. Pretty unconscious of my thoughts, my beliefs, my stories, all of these things. And after going to University of Oregon, which was the state above California, a lot of people here say Oregon, but it's Oregon. <laughs> and people might be hearing about Oregon now because there's some crazy stuff happening in Portland. Um, so I went to school in Oregon and I studied business and sports marketing. I always wanted to work in professional sports. Once I recognized I wasn't good enough to play professionally, I was like, well, at least I want to be involved, whether it's like a sports agent, whether it's owning a team, managing a team, something along those lines. Right. I have so a question. What would you have played if you had, if you could have done? What would have been your sport of choice? Based on my skill or based on just like what I enjoy what the most? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> being a professional basketball player would be pretty fucking cool. But also, <laughs> but also baseball. Like, like also no, we're talking about sport. Yeah. Baseball, baseball doesn't <laughs> count. Oh, true, true, true. <laughs> cricket, cricket. No, but it, and also like tennis was my best sport. And I, I love tennis. Like, I went to Wimbledon last year. Oh, yeah, I remember. And, um, oh, my gosh, it's so special. So, I would probably say, I would probably say basketball. 
Okay. Yeah, because also you have to think of like health, right? Like football, MMA, boxing, like you're putting your life on the line. Yeah. Usually that's not the case with basketball. So study business and sports marketing. After college, I went back home and I got a job with the baseball team that I grew up going to their games. So this was like a dream come true for me because that was the team I wanted to eventually own and run. And they had caused me so much pain and suffering over the years. They got so close to getting to the top and then they would blow it against a team when they had the lead. And I was like, when I'm there, it's going to all change. That's amazing. <laughs> so, so I'm like four months into my first year and I'm, I'm doing a really great job, like crushing it. I started off as like part-time and then within three months I was on the field, like helping out with the national anthem, the first pitch. And like, it was amazing. It was a dream come true, literally. So you're like early 20s. Yeah, I'm 20, I'm 23, 23. And uh, at the same time, I'm dating this girl that I met at synagogue. And which is pretty, which is pretty unique because I've never naturally been attracted to like Jewish girls. I'm Jewish. And my parents are like, you should meet a nice Jewish girl. I'm like, show me one. I'm open <laughs> to meeting her. So I saw this really cute girl at synagogue one time during like Yom Kippur. And I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to go for it. So I, I slipped her a note and I'm like, hey, like, I'd love to connect with you. Probably didn't say that. I was yeah. like, call me or something. I was 21, 22. Anyway, so I dated her like two, two and a half years while I was in college, a little on and off. Um, So right at that time, like I was, I was like, I need to talk to someone. I feel like shit. Right. And I went to pick her up at work that night and I could see there's like some tension between her and this dude at her job. It was like a restaurant. And like, it's like, hmm. I didn't think anything of it just because I'm like, I don't, that's the worst, worst thing I could imagine. Right. So basically the next day I found out that they were banging the whole time and she had been cheating, cheating on me with like a bunch of dudes. Like she, right. she and I, yeah. And I knew she had like things from childhood. It's funny now with the work that I do and the stuff that I've experienced and the stuff that I integrate into my coaching and practice, you know, stuff like gratitude is like, there's so many red flags when I go back, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But I was 22, 23, like, and so that 48 hour spirit period where I got fired, by the way, I'm going to tell you the story of how I got fired. Yeah. Why did you get fired? <laughs> this is okay. So. This might be hard for you guys to understand because you're not in, in, from America. But so most times, almost every instance, the baseball team, the professional team has their own stadium for each sport. So like the Dolphins have their own stadium. The Marlins have their own stadium. The Oakland A's, the team I was working for, are the only team in the U.S. that still share the stadium with the football team. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I'm leaving work one day the A's did not have a game that day and the Raiders who are the football team okay they have a preseason game I have season tickets for the Raiders but I didn't want to go to the game I was tired I'd been at the stadium all day so I'm walking down the ramp and I see three four people playing beer pong in the other team's jerseys and I was like huh interesting so I just said to them hey guys like do you by any chance need tickets for the game right? They're like, oh yeah, actually we do. How much do you want? I was like, I'm not trying to make money, just $10 each, right? It's a preseason game against a crappy team. Turns out they were undercover cops. 
And you're not allowed to, it's called scalping. You're not allowed to sell tickets, resell tickets on the stadium property. I had no fucking clue. Like, (laughs) anyways, so they handcuff me and they're walking me up the ramp. As they're walking me up, my managers from the A's are walking down. And I'm like, you've got to be fucking shitting me. Like, really? Are you serious? And I didn't even have a chance to explain myself, really. I just got called in the next day and like, oof. I've never been ripped one. Like, that, the guy who like, like took my all my stuff away the credentials like he ripped me a new butthole like (laughs) i was just sitting there and taking it he i was like wow and jesus so this all happened and it was honestly the first time in my life where i had really faced serious adversity and i was like hmm interesting what's next you know i'm about to turn 24 i feel like there's more for me out there most of my friends at the time they did super well in high school, did well in college, but they had returned back to their same patterns, smoking weed, playing video games. And I knew I didn't want to be involved in that realm. Okay. I didn't. I'm curious, how, how were you as a, as a kid? Were you like a troublemaker, like the funny one, the quiet one? Because I don't know if you're the same. Yeah, I was, I was honestly pieces of all of them. Not really the quiet guy. I was definitely in class goofing off. I, there's so many times, like literally every time the teacher would look away, I either had a spitball. I was either like, this was my go-to funny face. I would do this and I would just get everyone laughing. And then the teacher would look and I was just like normal. See, none of this surprises me. Yeah. Like even now you're the goofy, funny one pulling faces and just like full of energy. So that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. So I did that and I was a good student though. I actually, was, I was just cleaning up my room as I get ready for this move and I have report cards from my childhood. So it's really interesting. Like my reading level is pretty bad. My writing level is also bad. And my math was my strength. And PE, I was great at sports. Um, but now I feel like reading and writing are strengths for me. It's interesting. So we always have the ability to adapt and create these new neural connections. But going back to that, so... I had a friend in Boca Raton during this time and I was like, you know, I'm just going to go visit him and check out South Florida, check out Miami. And I remember so distinctly because it was the World Cup in 2014 and the USA was playing a game and there's a watch party at the Fountain Blue Hotel and there's crazy traffic. So my friend dropped me off like on 48th or 49th and Collins. He's like, dude, I'll just meet you there just get us a spot in the pool or something. So I'm walking along the beach, literally like at 47th and Collins where I've been living the last six months. And I remember calling my dad and I'm like, dad, this place is incredible. Like everyone's so healthy and fit. There's sunshine. There's the beach. The water's warm. It's incredible. I want to live here. And, and, and then six years later, been staying at this amazing space right where that call took place. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, so honestly, man, the last six years in South Florida have been uh, amazing to sum it up, but definitely turbulent at times. I came here. I started uh, to collaborate when I moved here with this Jewish program that helped pay for the subsidy of your rent in exchange for hosting events for the community, right? So 
long story short, the friend I mentioned in Boca, he was like my one of my best friends. So I was like, dude, let's do this together. We can live in Miami. Um, we just need to find one more person to do it. And the people in the interviewing process loved him and I. So we had the opportunity. We're in this amazing house. It's like 4000 a month, but we were paying like 300 bucks each because we were throwing events. There's a lot of turmoil between my friend and the other kid that we brought on because we were kind of rushed to bring a third person. And long story short, they they were both, it was toxic. They were like, I don't want to do this. I'm like, well, I can't do this myself and pay 4K. So I literally like, it was like one week left in the month. And that was what I was banking on. I didn't really have savings or anything. So after that, I was like, fuck, I don't even know what I'm going to do. So I stayed at this motel in Hollywood called Richard's Motel. Richard's Motel. Um, whew. It was the cheapest place and it was horrifying. Like there's cockroaches in the shower. Like, like I wore socks in the shower. Like it was, it was, it was bad. And, and, and there's just like a lot of bad things happening there. And I stayed there for like three days and I was like, I'm better off sleeping in my car. Like I don't have to pay $35 a night and yeah. And there's no cockroaches as far as I know. So that's what I did for nine nights. And, um, I was basically just at this Publix parking lot eating PB and J for about nine, nine days. And then I was also still coaching kids at that time. And yeah, that's kind of. That's that's kind of the start of it. And then I would say a big turning point for me, probably the biggest turning point, I would say in my borderline, my life for sure, my career was November 2016. I went to Austin, Texas uh, to do this certification for uh, movement and fitness at this place called Onnit Academy. And it was so much inspiration in one weekend not only the content that I was learning and all the information, but the people I connected with, I was introduced to so many new ideas, new topics, new concepts. And it really just set off this trigger in my brain. Like this is what you're called to do. And I just went down a rabbit hole, like learning as much as I could about this type of movement, this type of fitness, this type of nutrition, got a ton of certifications and just like threw myself in the fire. That's one thing that, amaze me with you is that because there's a lot of people you know out there on instagram or whatever like calling themselves expert in whatever and i guess if people look at you don't know you they, they could think you know oh he's just a guy fit looking good posting this stuff but I, I know that you've been sharing a little bit about it on your instagram like you have a ton of certification and you invested so much money in yourself and in certification like you, you really invested, you, you went full on, you, you just don't make it up. For <laughs> sure. For sure. I think, I think if you really want to become the best version of yourself, you need to invest in yourself. That's the best. I always say that's the best investment you can make. It's recession proof. You know, right now everyone is, right yeah. yeah. And, and you know, I, I was, my dad always tried to get me to invest my money in this stock and that stock. And it never made sense to me. I was like, dad, I want to invest in my stock. Like this is, this is the stock that I have full control over. You know what I mean? So especially I think when you're coaching other people, you have to be willing to be coached and you, 
when you've invested in yourself, you can tell. Like if I'm talking to someone about my program and and the work that I do, most of the times they have the impression like this dude's done a lot of work. He's invested in different modalities and different trainings and different teachers. So that is definitely something I think is a necessity if you want to become the best videographer, photographer, podcaster, is you have to put in the time, you have to put in the reps, you know? And uh, it's interesting because at first it was more about fitness for me, you know, and movement and stuff like that. And then as I found out and learned more about nutrition and the brain and neuroplasticity and neuroscience and how your subconscious mind impacts most of your reality. I was like, this is so much more interesting to me because once we can really tap into that, it's going to impact all of those other areas because your relationship with your body, with food, with, with the opposite sex is all because of these stories and beliefs that you have from a young age. So it's been, it's been fun. And I'm, I'm, I'm always, Sometimes I get overwhelmed with all this stuff that I want to learn. So I'm learning to, I do one online program, one book, and, and usually one type of like movement. Right now, my friend Naya, I'm diving deeper into Kundalini yoga. So I'm doing one private with her a week. I do her group class and I'm just learning more about that. And then I'm doing a gym quick on Mind Valley, And then I'm reading, um, I'm reading Becoming Supernatural by Joe Dispenza. So that's my current workload. And you always have something going on. What do you mean? Like always a book, an online class. and Usually, usually like I feel, I feel very stagnant if I'm not learning. And with that being said, I also understand that I rather do less and process it all and integrate it all than read three books at once and and listen to this amount of podcasts. So there are times where I I don't listen to a podcast for a week. You know, maybe it's just a podcast uh, of someone that I'm going to interview and I want to just hear, okay, these are things they've talked about. It's more preparation. Um, but yeah, man, I find myself like my days don't seem as fulfilling if I don't get my learning in in the morning. So I'm pretty committed to that. That's amazing. Especially at your age, I mean, you're still young. <laughs> yeah, to have this awareness and to have all that, like doing your twenties, is dude. I turn thirty next month, man. Yeah, but still in your twenties, so <laughs> it's it's amazing. Like I don't, know, I'm trying to compare with like my twenties or I guess normal twenty. How old are you now? Thirty two. Thirty three. Thirty three. You thirty two. Thirty two. Oh, I'm gonna be thirty three this year. Oh, <laughs> just yeah, we're both thirty two. Okay. Yeah, but I'm gonna be thirty three soon. <laughs> Don't matter. As soon as me, your birthday is <laughs> no, November. Okay, be later. Um, how did you get into really? So you started as a personal trainer, right? Yeah, it's an interesting story. If you guys really want, we I'll share I'll, I'll share stories with you that most people don't know. So basically, I was coaching. I was in this transition period. I was still like in my car for some of it, but like then, yes, this will all make sense. I promise it'll tie back together. But I was coaching at the local JCC in like Aventura area. I was coaching some flag football and basketball, youth basketball. Um, 
one of the kids on my basketball team was really good. And his mom came up to me after practice and she just asked like how he was doing. And I was like, you know, he's excelling. He's much better than most of the other kids his age. Maybe you want to consider doing like one-on-ones with me um, just so he can continue elevating and, and continuing to improve his skills. And she hit me up like a couple days later and she's like, you know, Benjamin's schedule is really busy, but can you train me? And I didn't even have any certification. Like I had a lot of knowledge, but like it wasn't, I wasn't certified. Right. Um, okay. So I was like, sure. Why not? Let's do it. I'm saying yes to anyone. If there's, if there's some sort of financial reward incentive, I'm like, and it's involving something I like. Yeah, let's do it. Turns out this woman, extremely attractive mother, single mother. (laughs) So, so, so first session, great workout. Second session, she lives in Hallandale, like at this beautiful building. Second session, um, after the workout, she's all like, do you want me to make you a shake? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, and then she lives on the same floor as like the pool and hot tub of the building. So we end up going into the hot tub. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we start hooking up the second time and it's like your classic, like, like trainer hooking up with clients <laughs> situations. I actually dated her for like a decent amount of time. We made some, we took some epic trips together. Uh, so that's kind of how I first got tapped into it. And I just saw other trainers and they just had like, maybe they had more knowledge than me, but they had very just average energy. They were distracted. They were looking at their phones when the, instead of their clients. And I was like, they need me. Like these people need me to help them and need me to instill that energy. So that was kind of how I first got started. That was 2016. All right. Okay. Yeah. And then you got certified and we got into it. Certified that. Yeah. Certified. Then that on it one in 2016 at the end of the year in November really triggered something big. Yeah. And you, so you've always been interested in the wellness, fitness, workout things, right? I guess that's always been there. So, Yes and no. I mean, up until 17, I had never... 17, senior year in high school, is when I first like started working out. I played sports a lot before that. Uh, I was always the skinniest kid. Very skinny. Like, in pictures, when I'm young, you can see my ribs. Like, like really skinny. Yeah. Very fast metabolism. Every single day for probably a year and a half in high school, I ate the same exact lunch from school, chili, cheese, nachos, fucking delicious. But I think about, I think about that and I cringe and there honestly was a lack of information. My mom thought she was giving us healthy food, but she wasn't. Uh, so my dad just retired. He was a neurologist, a brain doctor for over 40 years. So I feel like some of that subconsciously seeped into me the importance of brain health and doing everything you can to keep this thing healthy and nourished and prevent things like dementia and Alzheimer's, like all of my grandparents had later in life. So, uh, I just never thought of it as a profession. I thought it was a hobby. You know, I thought fitness was like, yeah, this is a hobby. It's not something I can feed my family from, 
you know what I mean? And did you get into it because like, I don't know, 17 skinny or oh, it's time to get girls, stuff like that? Uh, a little bit. A little bit. I think definitely, <laughs> I mean, <that's> really <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely insecurity for sure. Like I knew I was really skinny and I didn't get any girls in high school. Um, zero. I mean, maybe a couple probably because they felt sorry for me. I was like, oh, he's like so cute. All of his friends are getting girls and he's not. beautiful eyes. Yeah. It was, yeah, I was just like, that was like not even on my radar back then. Like I just, the confidence, like none of that stuff was there. Um, so, so for sure. And then I actually just enjoyed the way it made me feel. It was like a way to connect with people. And yeah, it, it, it was fun. It was fun to just see the consistency and get results. Yeah, and then the more you learn, the more you yeah. want to dive in. And, yeah, For sure. It's a nice circle. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. So I have a question. I know you've seen Joe Dispenza and Jay Shetty, right? Joe, Joe Dispenza, Joe Dispenza, yes. Jay, Jay Shetty, yes. Um, More long-term. Continue your question and then I'll... I don't really know what my question is. It's more just like, what did you learn from them? Why did you go and see them? Do you see the benefits of doing programs like that just talk to us a little bit about that i guess yeah for sure so joe dispenza was i did a weekend workshop uh abraham and i went to columbia in february and we did a three-day workshop and at the time i actually wasn't so familiar with joe dispenza's work i knew he was big in the meditation space the neuroscience space and that workshop was really powerful it was like 2500 people and when I go to workshops now, it isn't necessarily for the content that I'm receiving. It's more to receive, more to see how this person is able to have a stage presence and, and really control the energy of the room. So I see it from that point of view. And I also see it like, hey, these are 2,500 people who are interested in the same thing. So it's a great opportunity to connect to have conversations, to build connections. Um, so that's that's more my approach now. Um, I met Jay Shetty at a couple events. Um, the Summit of Greatness, which is Lewis Howe's event in Columbus, Ohio, which I went to the last two years. Mm, I love his podcast. That, that event was phenomenal because it's like 2000. It's very intimate in a small town. And like, you really get to know people there. Like I, some of my very good friends I met there. Um, so that was powerful. And I mean, a bunch more, you know, whether it's Wim Hof, whether it's these different certifications I've done or retreats I've done, I think they're all just great ways to build self-awareness and see like, okay, what, what, what things are coming up right now for me? What things are challenging? What things do I have some resistance towards? Um, what people are triggering me, what people am I connecting with and, and really just, just making the most out of this experience. Cause I think each experience is just a reflection of our whole human experience. Um, so I think there's tremendous value to put yourself in positions to connect with like-minded people and also people who have differing opinions. So Obviously, right now, it's a little challenging to go to these bigger physical events. I know there's a lot of online things. I know your brother and yourself are hosting something at the end of this year virtually. 
um, which I haven't really attended one of those yet, a virtual type thing. But I mean, so much, so much of my growth has happened at these type of events. And it's more from the integration. Again, it's just like reading a book. It's like great to read a book, but what are the values and principles you're going to ap actually apply? So for me, it's all about the application and integration. And you do a lot. Like I think your days are pretty full, right? It's, it's pretty amazing how much content, how much things you do like i mean like you said you, you learn every single day you read every single day you work out every single day you work with clients every single day you work on your business like you meet people you see people like you you have long days uh, i think no but people <laughs> now that you that. say it like that i'm like oh yeah, shit but, you know like, I, I don't i don't think people realize that when they just look at the instagram stories like it's this one thing to be, be working for yourself is tough it takes time it takes a lot of energy and then what you've been building for the last five six years it's impressive to see where you are now uh, but it doesn't come you deserve it like everything you did you did yourself and I, I mean now you 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 got to a point where you can have people helping you out but at the beginning i guess it was you doing every single stuff yeah uh, and you need to get out there i understand also now why you are so good with your social media and everything because you have a background in business and, and marketing mm. that, that makes sense now uh, a little bit because i mean the amount of content you produce like you you're out there like every single day yeah man and to be honest with you i appreciate that i i i definitely definitely eh, the content is going to improve drastically i still feel like it's very it's good in comparison. It's it's very good if, in comparison to many other people. Yeah, you are in the one person. I mean, maybe depending on from what I see. Depending, I appreciate that. But but it's like again, it's like. But what am I actually capable of? You know, there's so many times where I'm like on different things, and I'm like, you know, I I I could I could have prepared better for this, or I could have put myself in position to create better stories or write better copy, but I was rushed or I prioritized something else, or maybe I let a distraction get the best of me. You know what I mean? Um, but I appreciate that. Uh, definitely, definitely. It's a fun process. You know, I think with content creation, so many people are always just putting up a facade. It's like, look at how fucking great my life is. You know, look at, these amazing countries I go to, look at the amazing dinner I'm eating, look at the amazing clothes I'm wearing, the amazing car I'm driving. And it's like, it's like constant just insecurities and it, and it triggers a lot of unhappiness because a lot of people are compensating for their insecurities or limiting beliefs. And they're like, this is going to get people to like me, or this is going to get me their approval. So they feel the need to post these things because they see other people doing it. And that just perpetuates this constant comparing and, and, and toxic behavior. So for me, man, it's just about being as truthful and, and open and honest and authentic as possible. Um, and, and, always always there's always a purpose behind the message yeah and also i think what, what i find really interesting about you is that 
from the people that I've met, because I don't want to generalize everything, but I, you know, a lot of people are good at one thing. Like, so you have, I don't know, artists are really good in uh, artistic stuff, but they're not good businessmen. Uh, uh, that's often the case with like creative people. Uh, or you're going to have like in the wellness industry, you have people really good at what they know, but they're going to struggle to find clients. They're going to need help. They, or they're they really good at taking photos of dogs, but not people. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, Rosie's not one of those. She can do both. Uh, no, but I need to help her with all the business side. Mm. Uh, so, and and from what I've seen from the people that I've met, a lot of people have a lot of knowledge in what they're good at, the, the fitness, the nutrition, whatever. But they struggle to spread the message. They struggle to reach a bigger audience. Uh, they are not just in the area, and it's word of mouth, but they can't spread the word and and that's affecting the business and everything and stuff like that when you have both you're super knowledgeable in what you do like you are you know a lot a ton but you know how to spread the message how and how to grow and you have the ambition as well which is also important because people sometimes know how to do it but they don't care about growing right. so you you have that as well Rosie, uh, does he talk this nice to you <laughs> <laughs> no but it's really interesting that you you, you have like all the bricks, like everything right, right, that, right. that's necessary to, to get there. Yeah. It's fascinating, right? I mean, it's it's all just, I think it's really just a part, it's part of this journey. It's like part of the journey as you grow. And most people, especially in health and wellness, they have limiting beliefs around money. Money's like a very uncomfortable subject, right? And what I've realized is when I'm able to, first of all, I really, really believe that everything that I'm sharing, whether it's, you know, product, really my coaching, my energy, my services, I know how high quality it is. I know how unique it is. And I see the transformations that take place. So it's very easy for me to speak about it authentically. I'm not like, I'm not like trying to trick anyone. This is real. You know what I mean? So I have the confidence in my abilities. Um, and then also a big part of that is is understanding that in regards to finances, when you're able to support yourself more, right? You're able to impact more people because you're not stressing out constantly about money, you know? And and that's been like a big, a big step for me in like the last year. Um, and then also in regards to sharing, whether it's content in person, I think most people are just way too concerned about other people's opinions. You know, it's like, and and don't get me wrong, I've spent a lot of my life in the same narrative as that, and it still comes up occasionally, but it's like, if you think about it, it's so silly. Like, if we want to do something, but we're letting this random person's opinion paralyze us from actually taking action. You know, and I feel like a lot of times that's what prevents us from starting a podcast. Hey, what's what's my family going to say? Oh, you think you're cool? You started a podcast? You think you're better than me? Are they going to understand me with my Frenchy accent? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to do it. Literally, I can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> Literally right at the beginning, yeah, Jeremy was like, well, I want to do a podcast, but Rosie, you're going to have to do all the talking because no one will understand me. Yeah. And I was, <laughs> I was like, like, I'll do the technical stuff and Jeremy, you'll be the face understands of the voice. Yeah. And now they're going to, they're probably, that's probably why downloads are going up. They're going to be like, ooh, a French accent and a British accent. Oh my gosh. Two for one special. That's amazing. 
Yeah. So, so you were able to uh, conquer that limiting belief. Yeah, gratitude helped <laughs> for that, obviously. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, no, I see that. Um, oh, I had a question. I forgot. I've got one. Are you always full of energy, bubbly, <laughs> out there in your face? Let's go! <laughs> or is that like... Not is that a different personality, but I know that some people have something online, but then they're completely different behind closed doors. Like, how would you say... Behind yeah, behind the scenes. Right. Great question. So I think those people who are like putting on a show for social media are the same people who get burnt out because they're doing stuff that's not authentic to them. Um, and they're also the people that it, it, it's kind of, in my opinion, at least I can kind of tell when someone's full of shit, you guys probably can too. It's like, it's like, okay, I don't just, something seems a little off. Right. And I've definitely had that happen where I've met people and I'm like, yeah, like in my intuition is usually always right. You know? Um, so, so to answer your question, I feel like quarantine has definitely, definitely unleashed more of like my inner quiet self. Uh, and I love, I love being immersed in a crowd in an audience i love facilitating speaking teaching i love all of those things that's what really energizes me the most creating content taking videos educating i love that stuff it literally like fills me up so much and then also the if i don't have my quiet time where i'm like learning and just in my own zone i i feel like the other side doesn't doesn't flourish because they kind of feed each other. Um, and with that being said, I feel like most people who spend time with me, they're like, dude, it's kind of sometimes, sometimes it's kind of weird how like, how just like chill you are. And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty fucking chill. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty mellow. I think one of the things that I've, I've gotten better at the last, you know, year, year and a half is, and the podcast has for sure helped is one-on-one -on -one interactions. Like if I'm at a big event like Daybreaker, for instance, rather than like having shiny, shiny object serum and syndrome and like be talking to you, but then I see a cute girl there and I'm like, okay, Jeremy, I'm nodding my head. And I'm like, all right, peace. You know, I can actually like stay here more and just connect one-on-one -on -one and not be so concerned about what's going on around me. Yeah. So to answer your question, both for sure yeah. um yeah so you are you are a multifaceted person like everyone not yeah. just one thing for sure for sure and um it's really i think honestly quarantine i've i've found myself uh sometimes not tapping into like my inner child as much like that fun side that you guys know like sometimes i'm like like, oh, fuck, like, I've been just working, like, I haven't moved yet, I haven't, like, I haven't laughed yet, I'm like, okay, like, let's, let's just step back, you know what I mean, so, for sure, I feel like it's just self-discovery, but definitely both of those sides are very prevalent, you know, like, the very energetic, bubbly side, like, I feel like that's my, that's, like, my inner child, and that's always part of me, 
That's one of the things that makes me special and unique. And then also the ability to kind of just be Zen and, and still something I feel like I'm improving at. You're struggling to stay still though. <laughs> I, I, when I, it, this is, this is one of the reasons I've been diving into Kundalini because Kundalini, you have to stay in these postures and I feel like different aches and pains when I do it for an extended period in this position or that position. And it's all a sign that something is being exposed. It's like, okay, maybe this is an area where you are holding on to this belief or thought or emotion. And, and with Kundalini, you learn that each of these fingers, each of your limbs, all of your chakras, like it's all connected to different things, right? different energies, different pathways. So I'm really fascinated by it because I feel like it's actually really exposing me. It's like, okay, this is something that I need to be more aware of, which I like. There's a funny thing. You, you mentioned Daybreaker and you reminded me something. I remember the first time I met you. Like that's there. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. It was our first Daybreaker at the Faena Forum. Yes, that was my first it. one. Uh, oh, well, here we are. No, you, that was my first one. Oh. You had blonde hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This time. And I was, that's so funny. I remember <laughs> I came with my, the, my girlfriend at the time. Yeah, you were always a girl. Yeah, yeah. 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 And we would then sing in the middle, you know, down the stairs, um, kind of having like a group hug. You're in front of me and you turn and you're like, hey, guy, what's your name? Jeremy. Oh, me too. Uh, and you just grabbed me, like, literally, like, hugged me, like, left me up. So, like, oh, what the hell is going on? <laughs> Let's go. That's <laughs> a beautiful memory. Months later. Oh, he's this guy. <laughs> I remember him. <laughs> Did you see me I, with the flamingo? I was wearing the oh, flamingo yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was the first. That, that was my first. That was a great interview. time. A oh, one. my <laughs> God. Yeah, it was in January 2019. That's it's so crazy, man. Um, you've been talking about giving, about money giving. Because um, I know you you build a great business and I can feel that now this is giving you more free time and you've been using this free time to do like a boys club with Alvi uh, and also I've seen you've been uh, helping out since the quarantine, uh, giving food, uh, going to meet uh, homeless people and everything. Do you want to talk about this giving, where it's coming from, why you're doing it? And Yeah, for sure. Man, I feel like giving for me is like, the thing that's always made me the most happy. I remember I first, the first time I really got into volunteering was because I had to, I actually got suspended in high school and they made me do uh, community service. Right. And, um, why did you get suspended? Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. Oh my gosh. We're going you there. Say, you can't say that and not tell us. We need the juicy details. So, I got suspended and I'm not proud of this, but I've definitely, I mean, it's 12 years ago. I actually like cussed out my English teacher. Oh God. Yeah. So my English teacher who I felt like was just had something against me the whole entire term. So one of my very good friends, he was like the jock of the school. He was like the quarterback. He was actually the number one tennis player on our team too. He's a fucking freak. He was like like a grown man, like like looking at him. He was just like a grown man. He was one of those guys like you see in one of the movies. Yeah, one of those, yeah. Yeah, exactly. With like the jacket, with the girls on each arm. 
but great guy, Alex Miller, Alex Miller. Um, and, and Alex hit me up like the day before this paper was due and he was like, bro, can you really help me out? I've had like just a crazy week with family and sports and stuff. So I literally wrote half of his paper, right? He got a fucking A minus and I got like a C plus on mine. <laughs> and I was so pissed. He also babysat our teacher's kids. Miss Johnson's kids were babysat by him. And I was like, there's just way too much hidden agenda bullshit here. Like this is fucking garbage. And I was like, not a loud kid in high school. I was fucking pissed, bro. I was fucking pissed. Like when I look back at it, I had to actually go to anger management. My high school oh. made me do anger management in the school. And um, it's crazy just because it's all lack of awareness with our emotions, you know? And after that, I feel like I went the other way. If I got angry and upset, like I just, I was stoic. Like you wouldn't even see like it, it phasing me, but I was still like feeling it. I just didn't, I didn't externalize any of it. So anyways, that goes back to volunteering. So I was volunteering at a food bank, second harvest food bank where you would go, I would go every Tuesday and Thursday. I, I'm still, I still talk to the lady who's the head, Rita Gunturn, such a beautiful woman, shout out Rita. And uh, I went two days a week and just, you know, packaged food together and, you know, families would come pick it up. And I just, I liked meeting people. I just, I like, I felt like I was doing something. Like I felt like I was helping. I felt like I was making some sort of improvement to the world, to the community. Then I started volunteering at like boys, boys and girls club and like giving back to the boys and girls and like helping with homework and playing sports. Um, so that's always been, I feel like whenever I've been sad or depressed or any of those things, and then I go to giving, it makes things better because I take the attention off myself and I'm just fully thrown in and immersed to helping people. It brings things in perspective as well, I guess, right? 100%. Uh, you, 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 you can, oh, my life is shit, you know, and then... 100%, man. Life and you say, okay, actually, it's not that bad, maybe. Yeah, man. So, honestly, I've I've been wanting to... I wanted to do this like a month ago, make a bunch of PB&J sandwiches and just ha hand them out. So, I talked to my boy, uh, a couple of my friends who have, like, big influence in Miami, and we just kind of, like, set this thing up. Uh made a bunch of food. I got some shit because there's like some unhealthy food there, but I didn't buy that stuff. It was like candy bars and soda. And I was like, guys, why are we, why did you guys get that stuff? But at the same time, I was like, either way, I'm sure they appreciate yeah, it. Like it's food. Yeah, exactly. And for some of the, yeah, like it, as toxic as it is for them, it's like some of them it's saving their life, which is crazy. But so that, that is giving, I feel like is, human nature. I feel like we're all here to give, give our gifts, give our time, give our energy. Um, and oftentimes we just get so absorbed with our own shit that we forget about that. And I feel like that somewhat happened. Like I was so focused on everything I was doing, which is all still good work and it's helping other people. But I feel like I could have leaned into the community more. Um, so actually I just got six bags of clothes like I told you guys and I'm I'm probably gonna go tomorrow morning and just most of these guys don't have any change of clothes they don't have socks they don't have like shoes that fit them so I just have like an abundance of clothes I'm so excited to 
give it to them. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's kind of my thoughts on giving. And the other, uh, I remember the question before, <laughs> um, what's driving you? I mean, you, you're going to be 30 soon and what you already achieve is mind blowing. And I wonder where you're going to be at in 10 years, to be honest. Uh, but you podcasting, we're yeah, still going to be doing it. But what's your, what's driving you to do all that? Why do you want to impact so many people? You know, you could just stay in your personal trainer stuff and have your 10 clients and make your money and that's it. But what is it? Why do you want to impact so much people? Uh, what's your vision? What's your like purpose? What's really, mm. man, my biggest fear, my biggest fear in life is just coming to the last part of my life and just meeting, meeting myself and my maximum potential self and then being complete strangers and being like, yo man, like who the fuck are you? I want them to be identical twins. Like I want to meet that person when I'm done living this human experience and be like, man, you look good. Like, damn, you look good too, bro. You've done a lot, man. You helped a lot of people. It wasn't easy all the time, but oof, it was fun. It was a great experience. And that's, that drives me every day. Like knowing that I have unique abilities and skills that if I don't share them, it, it doesn't feel good. You know what I mean? It like doesn't feel good for me. I just know there's so many people out there struggling and suffering and I feel like I have the obligation to show up every day and add value via whether that be one day more, more, you know, content, maybe one day it's like, mostly I'm just coaching clients, you know? And it's, it's, it's really just, it's really just this internal battle with myself because I know I'm capable of so much. So if I see myself not showing up in a way that I'm capable of, it's, it's very known to me. So that's why like you telling me these things, which I really appreciate. It's like, yes, but like, I don't always see it like that, which, which is good and bad. Like you should acknowledge yourself for things that you're doing well, but I just, I just know that I have so much more, you know? Yeah. And, and in, in regards to my vision, my vision at the beginning of this year was to impact 20 million lives through movement, gratitude, and joy. So, you know, through live workshops, through classes, through clients, through speaking engagements, boys club content, all of those things. That was my that was my vision. And it was more about like who I have to become for that person to reach that number. Right. So that answer your question? Yeah, it does. Yeah. I see. So talking about that, it must feel amazing when you get a message from someone on Instagram being like, Oh my God, that post you just made really changed my life or really made me smile. Or I don't know, like you, it's, it must be so nice to receive so many positive messages from people you have no idea who they are and they found you and they found your posts inspirational I guess how does that feel when you have like random people message you and say oh my god thank you <laughs> I appreciate that um it feels it feels there's 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 two ways I really approach it it's like oh wow like I didn't think 
I didn't think that a lot of times it's something that I didn't expect, you know, like, oh, wow, like that really resonated with someone. So for me, I'm like, cool. Okay. That is, that is information. That's something I know. Okay. If this person got helped by it, probably more people are struggling with the same thing. So it gives me ideas like, okay, here's something that I can really lean on and help more people with. Um, and yeah, it, it feels great to know that, um, to know that people are gaining value and they're understanding my intention. A lot of people, like I know my intention behind each post, but a lot of people naturally, like they just make assumptions. They don't really know who I am. Um, and they're always, there's always going to be people like that. You know what I mean? So it's, it's kind of like, you know, Gary V talks about this a lot. Like it's about not, not getting too high when people say good things about you and it's not getting low when people shit on you. Um, but it does feel good when people send those messages. Um, because literally like you never know how one message, literally one video, one picture, one word can impact someone. So it's always a good reminder to keep going. It's like it all that, that really inspires me. Like that inspires me more than most things is, is someone who does the work or sends me an email and says like, Hey, I was in a toxic relationship and I realized that, you know, it was, I was in this relationship because it was something from my childhood that I was chasing after, but I wasn't receiving and I was seeking out for it. Like people go deep, you know, like my, my content's not necessarily for everyone. It's for like a more, I feel like mature, um, audience in terms of like, it's not just material things. It's not just surface level. It's a little more deep, uh, because that's what it's all about is like going beyond the surface. And also the way you give the message, I guess it's not going to appeal to everyone, which is fine. You can't please everyone in the world. Um, but yeah, like you, you, you have a specific audience. Yeah, definitely. Um, but when I, I've seen you share that actually a few times, uh, people saying that the first time they saw you or your content, they didn't like you. Who's this arrogant prick doing X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. Right, right, and right. then after a few weeks, a few months, or maybe they met you in person and everything and, and the view on you change. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely happened. Honestly, I've learned like that. It's not really my job to be liked. Like I want to be liked. I would be lying if I said I didn't care. But at the same time, I feel like there's too many people who are seeking to be liked. And what that does is it, it prevents people from having really authentic conversations and giving feedback. So like, I know there's people in my, I know there's people out there who don't like me. Like there's not a lot of them, but I know that in three months or six months or 12 months, they're going to fucking love me. <laughs> because because I know that where they're at, I had to tell them things that they needed to hear that no one else was telling them. Yeah. And if that's gonna if that's gonna get them upset, and most of the times it doesn't. Like they understand that you like most of the people who I talk to, they understand like if I am saying something or giving them feedback, it's because I care about them. That's always the case. Um and then some people, you know, maybe they're not there yet. 
And if I have the opportunity to point something out that I know will like help them or like help prevent them from going down a really bad spiral, I feel like almost obligated to do so. Um, so maybe right now, you know, in the present moment, like our parents probably did things to us, said things to us when we were kids, right? And we're like, fuck you. You don't know shit. Don't fucking ground me. You're an asshole. Let me live. Let me be a kid. Right? And then you look back and it's like, damn, like that was pretty smart what they did. Right? So hopefully it doesn't take them that long. Uh, but, but, there, but yeah, I mean, for sure. I think people are always drawing conclusions, yeah. making assumptions. It's, it's, it's one of the four agreements. Like don't take things personally. You know, maybe I bring up some qualities of someone in their life that like they didn't like or they got triggered by. Or maybe what happens too is one guy who became a client of mine, he actually told me on our call, he's like, you know, dude, I've been watching your content for a while on LinkedIn and this and that. And he was like, he's like, I really didn't like you like the first month. And I was like, interesting. He was telling me this like before he became a client. And I was like, this is interesting. Like, and, and I was like, Hmm, something triggered him. And basically it was like, he saw me always energized and he never felt energized. And he's like, fuck, like, like, like how, like how, how, you know? And he ended up becoming a client and now he has better energy, which is awesome. Um, but, but a lot of times we get triggered by things or qualities that we maybe want to feel ourselves or want to show ourselves. You know, I think that, I think that maybe like if you're a more introverted person, you might get triggered by someone who's more like out there and extroverted. Cause you're like, Hmm, I want to be out there too, like more social, but right. And, and it, it happens in a lot of ways, I think. Uh, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, definitely. I can, I, I can see that. It kind of reminds me of what Jamie said about the first time we met you. You were literally jumping around the room and it was my first day breaker as well. And I'm better now. But with my first one, I was literally at the side of the room, not even in the middle, just like swaying back to forth. I was like so self-conscious of what people thought. And I saw you jumping around. I was like, who is this guy? Who has that much confidence? What a dickhead. <laughs> like, honestly, that I'm so sorry as well. That's literally what I thought. Because that's obviously my... my um issue whatever it is is being confident right. and then to see someone so confident i was like oh my god who is this guy but then now i love you i think you're amazing yeah. and it's but, but also through pe seeing people like you at daybreaker that gave me the confidence to be more myself as well and more like crazy with my dancing or being in the middle rather than right at the outside so hey, thank you for doing that getting, <laughs> let's get weird yeah for sure i think i think honestly daybreaker is such a beautiful container for holding space and for allowing people to express themselves. And I feel like dance is a great way to do that. Um, yeah. And I'm glad like that, honestly, when you're, when you're able to empower someone to feel or do something that's powerful, right? Is like, Hey, listen, like they can do it. And a lot of the stuff I do is, you know, I feel like before, if I posted like a hard workout or something, like me doing it is more from like an ego standpoint. Like, hey, look, look what I can do, <laughs> right? It's like, look what I can do. And now it's like, if I do post something like that, it's more, hey, here's what's possible. If you stay consistent, it's not like, hey, I'm so cool. Look at what I can do. It's more like, hey, this is possible for you. 
you know? So it's coming from a different place. But that's a funny story to hear. <laughs> so I want to know, what are your plans for the next six months? And where do you see yourself or where do you want to be in five years and 10 years? Oh, that's a heavy question. <laughs> um, I'm expecting big things. <laughs> oh, stand up to sitting. All right. So six months. I'll answer this one. This is a little less daunting. So six months. I Right now we're in August. So the next one of the things during quarantine that I feel like has really come up for me has been a level of stagnation, meaning we've been stagnant and we've been in the same place for most of the time. And we're in a very beautiful place. I'm very grateful for being grounded the last six months where we have been, where I personally have been. Um, But with that being said, I feel like there's a level of exploration and curiosity that's like burning inside of me. And, uh, and I feel like I really need to just tap into that. It's, it's almost the same feeling I experienced six years ago when I felt the need to like explore. It's coming from a little different energy, but it's a similar feeling sensation. So I'm going to be driving cross country from here and my family is still in the Bay area, San Francisco area. So I'm not exactly certain how the route's going to go, but I'm going to connect with people along the way, um, that I've been connected with on, you know, different mediums. So that'll be fun. Um, how long are you planning to take? Like a couple of weeks, a couple of months? I would love to take a couple of months, but with my current car, it's not, you know what I mean? It's so I'm, I'm one of like logistically, I want to figure that out. I, I honestly haven't even been able to put too much time into the planning yet. Uh, just because there's other things going on, but I, I want to make sure I get that taken care of. Um, seeing all the national parks for sure, or a majority of them Good. and really connecting with nature. And I mean, honestly, I'm open to all possibilities. Like I was thinking today, I was like, Wyoming, <laughs> hmm. Airbnb for a month, maybe, you know? So like, I'm really just going to see what feels right, which I feel like that amount of flexibility has been something it's that, that I want. Like, I want to just feel, I want to feel what feels right, you know? So that's kind of the next month or two months and then probably settle in the Bay Area, California, Southern California for the next two or three months after that and i think not certain but there's a very good chance that my next like hub where i'm based is san diego mm. yeah so i'm really really excited just because that was one of the places i was gonna move it was either there or miami and i still have some of my literally like all of my best friends from college are in san diego and it's a very conscious community it's a beautiful beautiful city um so i think that's probably where i'll end up in the next six months what about in five years (laughs) (laughs) you're not avoiding it no not what it's more like what do you what are your goals i'm not saying like you can read the future obviously you can't do that but just mean where would you like to be in five years and ten years yeah so five years will be 34 10 years will be 39. Oof. Um, it's just crazy to think about that because 
five years ago and five years ago, 24 and five years later now, it's like such a massive change and transformation. Like, like I would have had zero clue. I would have loved to have seen my answer to that five years ago. Um, I'm asking. So we can see in five years. Yeah, true. So I would say I see myself in five years having uh, one of the bigger podcasts in the world. Um, I see myself speaking on stages also all over the world. Um, stages speaking about how to thrive your subconscious mind, overcoming self-limiting beliefs, how to stand up to sitting, all of this kind of submerged, all of these concepts that I've actually created. I don't want to say myself, but they're, they're my own, like the, the quotes I sent you for the website, they're all my quotes. Like I want to, I want to like create. I want to I want to be doing something original that's authentic to me um because I think the ideas that I've put together are powerful and I know they have the p- potential to heal and help a lot of people so speaking on stage just traveling podcasting um I definitely 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 want to be having a uh, a massive a massive um a massive global impact. So at that point, my Spanish will be more than fluent, and already. Come on. it's decent. Yeah, it's solid. It's solid. It it can be better though, and and continuing to continuing to evolve and just explore. Like I in the next five years, I'll probably have visited my guess is like fifty countries, wow. like ten a year. I think that's like a good guess. Oh, so traveling is a big ambition then. Yeah, it's and it's going to be traveling for teaching, traveling for learning, you know, all of that. Um, I don't like to really predict like relationship status, but something tells me like 34, that might be a good time to like, to like become a daddy, yeah. you know? Yeah, without predicting, you, you would like to. At least. Yeah, That's yeah. I, I feel like it's weird because I definitely don't want to rush a relationship. Yeah. That's not something you force or you rush, but I also want to be like a young dad. I think there's something cool about that. Yeah, so it's it's, it's going to come when you expect it the least. The least. That's usually how it happens. So. <laughs> Dude, it's so true. When you look for it, it's not happening, and then one day you're going to be like, "Fuck this!" And here we are. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then ten years. It's so ten ten years. I mean, ten years. I just I want to be. I want to be. That that's really tough. <laughs> that, that, like that's so tough. Like, oh my gosh. I mean, I'll just I I want to just continue continue elevating the impact. And for me, the impact is all is all just from a place of from a place of necessity, from a place like duty, like feeling again like like I it it doesn't feel good for me if I don't help people, like if I don't, if I know that I'm not doing, making forward motions towards progress, of course, there's always going to be bumps in the road, forward steps, back steps. That's part of this journey too. Um, so at 39, I definitely want to be, I mean, maybe within five years too, I want to be hosting like my own live events, you know, bigger scale events. Um, 
definitely have a couple books at that point. Um, who knows in 10 years, like what the media situation, like is cable TV going to be a thing? I don't know. Um, but there's definitely a lot of things that I've conceptualized in terms of like having a bus, like a big sick bus or RV, converting it into a podcast studio and like a wellness center and just going across different places, connecting with people and creating unbelievably impactful stories. Um, so, so that's something for sure. And just spending honestly more time with my family, like these next five, 10 years, like that's a huge priority for me. That's one of the reasons, main reasons I'm going back. Do you know what's nice is that none of that was to have a big house, to earn so much money, to like none of it was materialistic. It was all just helping people, traveling, seeing family like not that I expected anything or the other but it was just a nice response <laughs> like just more yeah. of what you're doing now basically like I feel like yeah, you kind you want of to expand. yeah you're, yeah, the, yeah like you're for at a sure. certain place you just want to go further from where you are now yeah so. and, and and honestly things evolve right like there's probably things going to be I'm going to be talking about a year from now that I never thought I would you know what I mean or three years or five years so Th- that is all up in the air. Um, but yeah, like the other stuff, you know, the the house, the like none of that stuff has ever ha- been important to me, honestly. Uh, you know, I drive the same car I drove six years ago. You know, for me, plenty of people said, you're working with like high-end clientele in Miami. You should have a car that shows it. And I'm like, why? Like, fuck it. Like, that's a lot. Like I, I could use that money for so much better things, and um, and clothes. Like none of these things. Obviously, I want to be presentable, but again, for me, as long as I feel good, you know, I'm not here to impress anyone with fancy watches or chains or any of that. Like, it's just it, it's just not of importance to me. Yeah, take me as I am, and if you don't like me, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, and, and I like for me, I for me, like I love experiences. Like I, for me, wealthy is being able to travel whenever, whenever I want, wherever. Being able to eat at a nice restaurant here and there, and not look at the price. Being able to treat my friends and family to nice experiences. Like for me, that's being wealthy and rich. It's not necessarily, you know, having having these luxurious things. Um, while there's nothing wrong with that if it brings you joy, yeah, yeah, but I feel like for, you. I feel, yeah, and I feel like for most people, like if you got to the root of it, it doesn't make them happy or joyful either. Um, don't get me wrong. Like I, I definitely could see myself in like a Tesla, like, you know, Teslas are dope. Like it's cool. <laughs> I feel like it's healthy for the environment. Um, so yeah, there's nothing wrong with those things. I just feel like most people's reason for getting them isn't really from a place of like, like this is going to make my soul sing. Yeah, is the intention behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've got a question. Something you've been saying a little bit that uh, I'd like to know more is you, before you started this journey, so before 24 years old, uh, you were at the place where impacting people was not something wasn't there. I was just, you didn't really bother you or you didn't even consider it. Uh, you, you say that you've been 
the fact that you were not shining your lights was uh in a sense being selfish because you are not using your powers and your skills to impact other people uh which is i mean so you were basically what most people are in the world like let's be honest mm. i don't know how was the percentage but a lot of people that's where they are now uh when did that shift when when how how did you went from being like this this normal mindset of i'm just gonna live my life normal to fuck i've got powers skills and i need to use them to impact to make a difference like what was the shift mm, for sure good question um yeah so when rosie asked me like how was i how was i as a kid you know i think a lot of people like especially especially like my family they would say that i was always just doing something to make someone laugh and make them happy you know like an austin powers impersonation <laughs> um regard like so many different things and i feel like as i got older and like insecurities grew whether it was because of you know just being skinny whether it was like not not being like the most attractive whatever it was right so those things that i had inside of me i didn't reveal them because of my insecurities my insecurities took over and i feel like that lasted you know it came out here and there for sure in college um but but i would say the shift like the most cosmic shift to be honest was definitely actually now that i really think about it, exactly two years ago july of 2018 was when i went to peru and did ayahuasca and that that experience was really enlightening and basically one of the main messages i got from the medicine was you know you have this really powerful voice and you're only barely scratching the surface like why why aren't you sharing it more and it was literally just like just like these conversations happening and as soon as i got back to the states like a couple of weeks later i was like fuck man i need to start teaching more classes i don't care if i'm getting paid like i just need to do things that are going to that are going to that are going to have me living this 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 prophecy that i'm designed to be thrown into that i've set myself up for that i'm i'm equipped for and i was selling myself short and in that ceremony actually i remember like Nicki Minaj she was like in my like like I was with Nicki Minaj and she's like yo Jeremy bro like you're so fucking dope like you're the coolest white boy I've ever met and then she's like and she's like yo like like I'm about to go on IG live right now like you got a message to share and I was like and I'm like in my ceremony like I'm feeling the medicine like fully this is like a real experience for me so I start talking so like as I'm on the IG live, I'm like, so I'm talking out loud and everyone else, you know, I'm with like 14 other people going through their journey, right? Their every journey is like so individualized, different. And I'm saying these things, right? And I'm just channeling, like straight channeling, like no, there's no thinking going on. It's just flow, presence. And after the ceremony, like four of the people came up to me and they're like, bro, what you said during that ceremony was fucking unbelievable. They were like, 
They're like, I was going through hell until you said that. I was suffering. I was fucking getting strangled by boa constrictors. I was fucking getting pulled in a, like, like I was getting pulled by like three horses in a pile of mud. Like, like bro, like crazy shit. Like they were really <laughs> living up their yeah. childhood, like, like memories. And I couldn't even tell you what I said, yeah, yeah. but like it was, and I remember though, like I remember after the ceremony, I was like, dude, like I, I asked the nurses, I was like, was anyone videoing that? Like, <laughs> like it was fuego, bro. Like I was channeling, like I was just in it. And, and that, that whole experience when other people were sharing too, like, Oh my gosh, man. And like that whole trip for me, when I went to Peru and South America for a month by myself and did that experience was a game changer. Like the ayahuasca was big for me for sure. The integration of it, you know, again, it comes back to the integration. You can do these things, but if you don't do the work after that's required, you're not gonna, you're not gonna see the transformation that's possible. So, um, that moment for sure stands out where it was like, okay, you need to, you need to, you need to get after it. Yeah. Yeah. It's time to take it to the next level. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. For sure. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a beautiful, since then it's been just like, I'm just hungry, man. I'm just hungry for, I'm hungry for like learning. I just want to constantly get better. I want more feedback. I go back, I watch my coaching calls. How could I have been better? Was I distracted? Did I show up present for them? Did I ask meaningful questions? I'm like, I just want to, I just want to get better. I'm just a student, man. Like I'm a student and the best way to be a good student is by teaching, you know, cause then you're sharing the information you learn. Um, yeah. So, so that's, I, I, I love to learn. Like I found my, I find myself, like I told you earlier, like infatuated with just learning. It's my favorite thing to do is have my cup of coffee in the morning. Like phone is on airplane mode in a different room. And I'm just like feeling the sun. I'm stretching and I'm reading and I'm highlighting and I'm taking notes. It's like, it's the best. Yeah. I literally like, I'm already, I, I look forward to it every night. I'm like, yeah, every oh, day. I, so, yeah. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to wake up tomorrow and just like learn a little bit. Yeah. Mm. I love that. Thank you for sharing all that. that for was... sure, man. You know, we've talked a lot about like this work from the past, you know, five, six years. And when I was in Colombia at Joe Dispenza with Abraham, you know, he does a lot of work, Facebook ads and marketing. And I was like, bro, it, one of those just like aha moments, I think it was like seeing Joe Dispenza teaching and I was like, dude, I need to like create like a really impactful program that integrates all the stuff I've learned, you know? And, and a month later had this program put together and it was, it was like channeling so much focus and it's probably the thing that I'm most proud of in regards to anything that I've created so Thrive is a high-level transformational coaching program that really focuses on increasing energy levels, heart health, mental cognition, and it incorporates movement, mindset, neuroscience, nutrition, and Thrive is an acronym 
I love these acronyms because I really think it helps people retain the information. So this is something that I've been working on with my clients and I work with men who are highly successful in business. However, they've sacrificed a lot of other things to achieve that success. It's often the case. <laughs> yeah. So their health, their relationships, their joy, their purpose, a lot of things. And um, so T is for thoughts. I'll run through this pretty quickly. T is for thoughts. We talked about it earlier, but our thoughts are really where everything starts. You know, we have 60,000 of them every single day and 90% of them are the same exact thoughts we had yesterday. And a majority of the thoughts that we have are either ruminating in the past or it's thinking about what's next. Hey, after this podcast, I have to go to Ben Azadi's place. I have to be there by five. I need to leave at 4.45, right? I'm probably going to need to go to the bathroom. So 4.43, you know, and we're constantly just playing these things out. So it steals away from being able to be in this deep now experience. So what happens is these thoughts, which again are usually negative, right? They impact our feelings and emotions. So if you're having a thought about, oh shit, like I could have been better here or X, Y, Z, oh, she didn't text me back. And then it leads to feelings and emotions, anger, resentment, unworthiness, right? Whatever it might be, scarcity. And then these feelings and emotions lead to our habits, our habits. So a lot of people talk about motivation and I think motivation is great for getting you started to do something. Like there has to be something inside of you a little bit at first that says like, okay, I want to get healthier. I want to lose weight, whatever that is, right? But habits are going to be what keeps you going. And there's different research about habits, you know, University of College of London says it takes 66 days to adopt a new habit. I personally think that's bullshit. I think it takes commitment. Yeah. Like, did it? how long did it take you to learn how to make your bed? <laughs> 66 days? Yeah, no, yeah. Brush your teeth, <laughs> right? So, so a lot of this is about rewiring our neural pathways. Our subconscious mind is this program and, you know, 95% of... This is our conscious mind. It's only 5%. This is all of our subconscious mind. This is our stories, our beliefs, our perceptions. And most of this shit is not even true, right? And we're doing all of these things unconsciously with without even really thinking twice about it. You know, we take the same route to work. We eat the same thing for breakfast. We brush our teeth with the same hand. Yeah, we're on autopilot. Yeah, exactly. And that's what the subconscious mind is, is autopilot, right? And some things that serves us, there's things like, okay, I know, like I get up at 5 a.m. That's amazing. Like there's not all of this is bad. However, most of this is what's preventing us from really tapping into our potential. So with Thrive, we really address your inner world, your thoughts, and, and, and then we create habits that support you and create more energy and structure and stability during your day. And then R is for relationships, right? So, you know, you've probably heard you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with, or your net worth is your network, or your network is your net worth. And those are both true, but I feel like none of that can happen 
until you really work on the relationship with yourself. So, so if you're showing up in a powerful way for you, if you're keeping your promises, if you have a good morning routine, if you're getting proper sleep, if you're, if you're, if you're treating yourself well, right? If you're showing yourself the respect that you deserve, then you're going to naturally treat others better. And you're also going to attract better people into your life. No one's really attracted to someone who's always stressed out, who is who's volatile, who's emo- like overly emotional, like all of these things. So R is relationships. I is for intention. Just infusing intention into everything we do. Again, getting off of autopilot. So whether that's setting intention in the morning, before we eat, before we move our bodies, before we record a podcast, you know, setting intention is going to just add more clarity and focus to everything that you do. And then V is vitality. And vitality is just energy. Energy is currency. And, um, and all of the, it all comes full circle because all of the habits that we adopt and we, and we instill um, are going to lead towards your vitality. So your morning routine, getting proper sleep, eating the right foods, moving your body consistently, these are all going to contribute towards your vitality. And, and, you know, for people listening right now, like how is your energy levels during the day? Like, are you finding yourself getting tired at the same time each day? And I think a lot of people settle for mediocrity. They think like it's normal to feel this way. You know, it doesn't have to be normal. Like there's more potential there. We just need to be willing to be open to the possibilities, right? And you need to be willing to put the work. For sure. <laughs> and and a lot of it is really just consistent habits. It's really rewiring the subconscious program. And then finally, E is for enthusiasm. I actually have it. This is entheos. This is the Greek root for enthusiasm, which actually means uh, in Greek, it, it, it means um, inspiration and divinity of God. So I think just living a life of enthusiasm means that you're doing things you're passionate about. And again, that's the vibration you're going to be operating at, right? And you're going to attract people who are also enthusiastic and passionate. And it's just going to create more, uh, more synergy and more, more fulfillment, more enjoyment. So again, it T's for thoughts, H habits, R relationships, I. Intention. V. Vitality. E. Enthusiasm. Let's go. Rosie, Rosie got me a little concerned there. So, so yeah, so those are really the six areas that I feel like if we can master those, if we can really, really put attention to those areas, we're going to elevate this human experience. So this is a very high level coaching program. So if you're listening now and you're a woman, I, I, I won't work with you, but I still love you. But if you have a boyfriend or a husband who's ready to elevate and take things to the next level, then, then, then we can definitely talk. Where can people find you and get in contact? So, yeah. So people can definitely get in contact with me, all social platforms, LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, but just for messaging purposes, Instagram's probably the best. So at coach Jeremy, J-E-R-E-M-Y. 305 the area code here in miami uh coach jeremy 305 
and just shoot me a message and let me know what was the biggest takeaway you had from today's show. What was something that really resonated with you? What is one action that you are committed to taking at A Better Life for tomorrow? And I highly recommend checking out his podcast, The Energy Exchange. It's amazing. I like the way it, I listen I, to it every single week. Hey, I appreciate it, bro. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely check it out. And um, yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. It's been amazing to connect. Thank you so much. That was amazing. Did you did you get some juiciness that you wanted? I did. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> no, thank you. That was amazing, man. Thank you so much, Jeremy, for being on the podcast. I loved the episode. And thank you so much for everybody for listening and tuning in. If you enjoyed it, please do share it with somebody else who might find value in this episode. And we will be back next Wednesday with a new episode. Thank you, guys. Bye. Peace.